Why is yeah. the sponsored link on Yahoo mature dating only when I clicked into my Yahoo? I'm pretty sure I've been to no site. I, I, was, so about, I was about to say, you know, hey, you know, they, they, the do some is, of, they do some of this stuff based on your browsing history now. Now, I'm not saying. Here's they, how I know it's bullshit, though. The next sponsored link was for Google Chromebook. Well, I think. So two things in a row that I have absolutely no interest in. I don't know. I get the feeling uh, like a lot of like mature dating sounds like a really uh, when it says mature, does it mean old or we can guess that it does. Let's just just guess that that's what it means, because it probably doesn't mean uh, like you want it to mean emotional maturity. (laughs) No, it probably means the exact opposite of emotional maturity. Who is advertising that on on the Internet at all? Date me. I, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I won't play games. I have uh, no. I have no baggage. I will wait to have sex in this relationship until I'm certain it's going to work out. Um, I have no issues that might allow me to do otherwise. Exactly. That thing. That thing does not even exist on the internet. Uh, that that is not a thing that exists. Well, because that's a. All those things are huge turnoffs. They are true. Yep. Factual statement. You don't want you don't want stability. That would be bad. That's that is not that's not why you go on uh, internet dating websites. Let's just say that. No. I just want to point out that I logged into my Yahoo account, my Yahoo Mail account, and it's giving me ads for frosted mini wheats. Delicious. Uh, fuck it. Let's all go to Yahoo. <laughs> does it? Okay. Just to be clear, does the ad want you to have sex with frosted mini wheats? Why the hell would that be a thing that it wants? Did you have to ask that question? Did you really feel like you couldn't come up with an answer to that particular question? The internet. The internet is the question. It is the answer. That's this, this is pretty not much true. I have over 4,000 emails. I don't know why anybody would care about that. I don't. Um, mine was, uh, let's see, on Yahoo Mail, it's uh, Yahoo Sports. So, Okay. I've got my ad blocker on, so I'm yeah, not even going to bother. I logged in from incognito mode, and I logged in from normal mode just to see if the two were different. Uh, normal mode gave me uh, an ad for some sort of like clothing fashion you know, website. Like, the suit. The shoes. You know, like, you have no clue who I am. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't use Yahoo Mail. There you go. Did you need anything else? So weird. I hate email. I think uh, Gmail is better just because the ads that they show actually relate to the text of the email you're looking at. Yeah. Gmail, it did. I wasn't so sure at first, but after the last time Yahoo upgraded, Gmail has become far superior in every way. People actually see ads. Am I the only person who actually uses an ad blocker? Yeah, because if you actually want to support a particular website, they have to get the ad revenue and they can tell whether or not you're using an ad blocker. So I leave, you know, I don't use an ad blocker. I use a flash blocker, not an ad blocker, because I don't care if you show me an ad, but if you start playing music or something, you're as out. soon as I log into a site, no. As soon as Get there out. is our, Get as out. soon as there might be artistic merit to it, no, I'm done. Wait, what do you mean? As soon as there, you're might selling be? me a product. 
I don't want to hear music. Man. I don't know. I don't know what's up with your life, Dylan. I I want to. I don't know what's up with my life. I want to click. You know, if I want to hear your your sound, I'm going to click the play button. I'm going to ask for it. You if will I want make to hear noise. Your sound. You will make noise when I ask you to make noise. Wow. That is sounding horrible. Okay. That. That is how you're going to talk to your to the future Mrs. Dylan Wolf. That's going to be hot. Um, <laughs> go. make, you will make sound when I tell you to you, make. You sound. assume that there is a future Mrs. Dylan Wolf. You oh, there is your ex, Mrs. Dylan Wolf. <laughs> right? I'm Damn. sorry. Make sound. I'm when I tell you to make sound. That is awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait for this. This is going to be tremendous. Man, I can't even imagine a woman that Dylan would just consistently put in her place. <laughs> like, what kind of person is that that Dylan is having to do that or wanting to do that? I feel well, like I'm the one who usually gets put in my place, which is away from me, is you know somewhere where I am not. I don't want to deal with you. Go away. Oh my god! All right, let's fucking do this thing. Yes. All right, you guys ready? Death to all humans. <laughs> all right. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast whose co-hosts have nothing but love and respect for one another. My name is John, and these are the three assholes that are holding me back from achieving my rightful status as an internet celebrity. <laughs> oh, this week we've got Chad with us. Yep. Well, back, Chad. It's, it's nice to have you in a situation where you're not, you know, trying to get on the podcast while driving. Um, Charlie? Uh, I call myself double A. One A means anchor. The other A means albatross. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I'll drown us all. Hi. Oh, so had a ton of shit going on lately. Uh, you know, we we had Momocon. We had you know like two solid weeks worth of content from that. Uh, we went to Hamacon and had a long ass recap about that. And then we had our uh, Jade Saxon interview. Uh, which you guys haven't checked it out, please go ahead and do so. so and in all of that, we still haven't had time to talk about E3. So let's go ahead and do that a little bit. I know you guys probably didn't pay the closest attention in the world to it, but uh, I paid all the attention as long as you have no questions or expect uh, me to comment. Okay, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> I guess we should go ahead and start with Nintendo um, because I'll be honest. When I watched all the press conferences, I didn't feel like anybody had really just, like, wowed me. Mm. But Nintendo, uh, to their credit, um, and, and this is just who Nintendo is, and it's who they've been for a long time now. But, you know, they're going to have very, very lean years in their console cycles. And then they're going to have years where you get the new Mario, you get the new Zelda, uh, you know, you get new Star Fox or whatever and you're going to want you're going to want their console for those games and you're going to be all about it. And 2015 looks like it's going to be that year for Nintendo. Really? Yeah. Um Yeah, you know, they 
Uh, they showed the it's already started, I think. Like you have Mario Kart and then Smash Brothers coming out later this year, like 2014 through 2015. Yeah. Um Bayonetta 2 is coming at some point. Um the game that that you know, I took notes on all the all the announcements and stuff from like the, the major press conferences and my mar- uh my comment on Mario Maker is just Yo! With like eight exclamation points. Because that, that is the thing that I want most. I want Mario Maker because it is exactly what you think it is. It is a level editor um, where you can make your own Mario stages in either like classic Super Mario Brothers style or in like the new Super Mario Brothers uh, graphic style. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think you can amazing. switch between them. You can. You can. Like they showed them just in editing and then they switch between the two graphic styles so you can do either or wow yeah um that's kind of cool i wish they had that you know 25 years ago because i'd still be playing with that yeah it, it seems like the kind of concept i mean it's like it's not even a new i mean it's, it's such an old concept it's really surprising that they didn't have it back then it's really what everybody wanted Mario Paint to be. I mean, if we're honest with each other. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not even like they haven't dabbled in that sort of arena. I mean, what 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 did everybody at some point do with Mario Paint? Tried to animate some sort of Mario something or another. I will say that for about the first 15 seconds, I thought it was going to be a new Mario Paint. And then it was like, no, this is way better. Why I don't know why, like, there's no reason for Mario Paint now, because you just well, go on the... no, end. except, you know, tablet, so why not? Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. They did um, tease and officially announced that a new Star Fox game is coming. Uh, I think they actually leaked that before the press conference, with, which I wonder is if that wasn't, like... I... Given I that- yeah, I was about to say, I think I know where you're going with this because they, in the the Nintendo Direct video, they kept teasing, you know, they had the robot chicken skit and one of the guys was like, what about Star Fox? So. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it makes you want to watch the entire press conference and pay attention because, you know, you don't want to miss that announcement. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um Splatoon seemed really interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's the type of game I would play a lot of, but it seems, you know, it's a shooter, but it's it's definitely trying to do something different than the average shooter. So uh, I will say, like, the first couple of minutes I watched it, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely not going to be a game I'm interested in. But the longer that they delved into the gameplay and the strategy elements, how because you're basically playing as a as a squid and you're shooting ink, you know, sort of paintball style across the level, but you move faster in your own color ink. So you can shoot, you know, like the walkways and stuff and sort of clear a path where you can move really quickly across the level. Huh. Um, but you move slower in the enemy. Ink, so you can shoot, you, know, you can kind of interrupt the opponent's path and slow them up and do, you know, do crazy stuff like that. Um, so it has a lot of interesting depth to it, and it's a it's a four on four. Uh, I think it's going to be online multiplayer uh, shooter. So uh, again, like Dylan said, it's not necessarily the thing I would normally go into uh, in for, but it sounds really interesting. Um, 
And there are a bunch of games that uh, we don't really have time to get into like every single game from every single press conference. But um, Dylan and I, uh, we took some initiative. Uh, we talked to Best Buy's Media Relations and got to go ahead to cover their Smash Fest event. Um, we unfortunately did not get the opportunity to play the game because it was that crowded. Yeah, oh, and really? this was the, the day we went was the second day they did it. So yeah, they, now what is it? Yeah, they did, and Nintendo does has done this for the last couple of years now because they've stopped doing like a formal press conference event at E3. What they do instead is they release one of their Nintendo Direct videos, which you know they do intermittently throughout the year anyway. But they do one for E3. Um, and what they've done the last couple of years is that they partnered with Best Buy um, to allow people to play some of the games that they announce at E3. Uh, they have demos set up at Best Buys where you know people can walk in and play some of the games. It's mm. a real, it's a really neat thing. I wish they'd expand that a little bit more. And E3 um, this year, all the companies did something similar where you know they they'd show a, a teaser for something, they'd announce a game, and then it's like, oh, you can play it. And either it was available right now, or uh, you could play it, you know, in like a beta or alpha mode, which was really cool. It's something I've been I've been pushing for for a long time because why not? Because mm-hmm. uh, these games are playable on the floor, why not you know, do a time trial that you can download? It, it just seems to make yeah. all the sense in the world. But, um, yeah, they were packed. Th- like Dylan said, this was the second day. They had people uh, from the first day. They got bracelets because they got turned away, and they got to go first uh, oh, wow. on Saturday. Um, did not have the opportunity to play it, but did get to see the game in action. It looks really fun. Um they had some of the new characters like uh, Rosalina from Super Mario Galaxy. Um, I think they had uh, Lil Mac playable and several others. But it just looks it looks really fun. It looks great in HD. Hmm. Um, one of the nice things that they did, since they had such a big crowd, they had them kind of off to the back of the store and in the area where they're sort of holding everybody before they'd move a few people up to the main uh, display to play. They had like a big screen in the back. So people were watching and yelling and going nuts. It was really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Dylan, what were some of your thoughts on the game? Um, I actually didn't get to see a lot of it just because it was hard to get a good um, angle on the, you know, on the screen with the line. Um, I don't know. It looked pretty cool. I'm kind of reserving judgment for that until like I can sit down and play it and, and that sort of thing. Cause mm. I don't know. Smash Brothers is one of those games that I don't like, not like anticipating. It's just, you know, it's a game I will play a bunch of. I sure. will, I will say there's at least, you know, three or four of the new characters I'm genuinely interested in playing as. So, and mm. that's just the ones that they've announced so far. And I'm sure there's some more coming. Um, but really quickly, I do want to thank uh, Best Buy 169 in Knoxville. I want to thank uh, the Nintendo representatives that were out there, um, the employees that they had back there, uh, sort of regulating the event and everything for Best Buy. All those people yeah. are super nice, so we really do appreciate them. Cool. Um, anyway, was there anything else, Dylan, that you wanted to bring up? Oh, well, I guess we should bring up a little bit about Nintendo, because apparently Nintendo did a good enough job. 
uh, yes. sort of building their future for you, Dylan, to go out and buy a Wii U. So. It was wait, it what? Was, it was kind of a, a combination of things. Like I, I'd, I'd been talking to pe- some people on Twitter after the the uh, um, press conference or the uh, whatever they call it, the press conference, I guess. Yeah. Because um, you said anyway. Never mind. Um, I talked to some people who were like, yeah, I need to look at this. So I started thinking, I started like checking prices and like, well, they, they still have the wind waker, um, at GameStop, like the limited edition bundle. And like, that would be kind of cool. And then they had the, uh, Mario eight or Mario Kart eight, uh, deal where if you buy it before, I want to say the end of July, you can get a free game. So basically for the cost of the system and a game, I have, well, a system bundle and a game. I have three game. You know, I have Wind Waker, Mario Kart Eight, and Super Mario Brothers U. Um, I don't know. It was it was really just like seeing Star Fox tease. The the Zelda trailer looked really good. I'm kind of interested in the open world thing, especially because of the way they set it up. With you know, if you look at the original. You know, it's all open world, and then you know, later later games in the series, you were basically going in and out of areas, and they wanted to get back to to that. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't really one thing in particular. Like I said, it's it's you know Mario Kart Eight, Brawl, um, uh, the new Zelda, and like the new Star Fox. All seem like you know, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I will say I do kind of like the idea of the new Zelda being more open world. And I think part of it goes back to if you really think about the first Legend of Zelda game, it was open world in a sense. And that, you know, if, yeah. especially if you didn't have like the map insert um, that mm. came in the U.S. version. Um, if you didn't know where anything was, you just had to, to walk around and explore. And, you know, you you might find and play through the levels out of sequence. Yes. Um, and like I said, it's good that they, the way they prefaced it in the video with, you know, if you go back to the original, so it's not just, hey, we want to jump on the sandbox bandwagon too, you know. Yeah, and open world gaming is not something that I, with a couple of exceptions that I traditionally go in for, but mm. for some reason, I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I trust Nintendo to do it a little bit better than just uh, yeah. you know, some random developer. I kind of think that's the other thing because I'd, I'd gone back and looked at some of the like overview videos of uh, Microsoft and Sony and I was kind of like, eh, there's not like, if I played a lot of games, then I might care, you know, what they're doing with the indie program. If I played shooters, I might care about that. But really, mm-hmm. like a lot of the franchises, um, like I don't play as many shooters even if I did, like it kind of seems like Halo and, and Call of Duty is, is kind of winding down because they're releasing the same thing over and over. Whereas Nintendo, for most of their major franchises, you get one, maybe two um, uh, games per console generation. Mm. I think uh, even despite that, I do feel like the 3D Zeldas have gotten really stale. I, well... I've I've never been a huge fan of it simply and partially because of the the of what they got into in the video of like well you're going into this area it's it's very um 
in some cases scripted. Yes. Mm. Whereas like I remember like Link to the Past had very minimal um, Link Between Worlds actually is a huge part of this, I think, because after playing that and Bravely Default, I'm kind of no longer the guy that's going, ah, man, remember what, you know, remember what Final Fantasy and Zelda used to be like? Too bad it's not that anymore. And like, <laughs> you know, like they've given me something that's kind of drawn me back into, okay, I, I'm will I'm. I'm willing to trust again. <laughs> I, I'm just glad that they're doing something a little bit different instead of just, here's another 3D Zelda game, you know, Link's doing yeah. stuff, and everybody's <laughs> going crazy about it, but I'm kind of over it. Well, and again, I think, like, looking at Microsoft and Sony, they're either, you know, talking about, like, you know, another in- installment of a franchise that's been going on for a long time or a new IP that I'm not really invested in. So it's kind of like, eh, like the only thing I think that would make me buy one of those consoles is if Microsoft comes out with the, every console as a dev kit and I can just like, you know, like do, do what you could do with the, uh, Xbox live indie games program. And mm-hmm. if I could pay Microsoft a hundred dollars a year and just export games from like unity to the Xbox one, I would be all about that. That would be awesome. But otherwise it just doesn't seem to be the investment. Whereas Nintendo, I could definitely see me getting a lot of, uh, a lot of gaming out of, you know, like I said, Zelda, Mario Kart, uh, to a lesser extent, probably Star Fox and, and smash brothers. Mm. But, um, Star Fox is one of those games, um, to use a sports cliche, it's a high upside kind of game because there have been a lot of mediocre Star Fox games throughout the years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But a, a good Star Fox game, like a Star Fox 64, is a really good game. Was there ever a uh, Star Fox on the Wii? I don't remember there being. There wasn't. There wasn't? No. Yeah, like... Again, with that series, like I kind of skipped over the N64. So with Mario Kart, I go back to Double Dash and um, Super Mario Kart with Star Fox. I go to Star Fox on the SNES. So that's. I think you you need to, since you have a 3DS, you need to go back and buy like Star Fox 64 if you can find that, find it at a decent price because that game is really what Star Fox should be. Um, I, I think I think if you're going off of the Super NES version, it's like, uh, you know, that was okay when it first came out, but it's it's nothing compared to Star Fox 64. Yeah, it it really depends. Um, a couple of a couple of quick notes after uh, Nintendo's um, after the Nintendo Direct video, there are a couple of announcements. Uh, one was Mario Party 10, which my note on that is I'd rather die than play this game, <laughs> and. Uh, Devil's Third, which is the game that uh, Ninja Gaiden and uh, Dead or Alive creator Tomonobu Itagaki has been working on for literally years and years now, mm-hmm. is apparently going to be a Wii U exclusive. They rescued it kind of like they did uh, Bayonetta 2. So I'm, I'm glad to see Itagaki uh, alive and kicking. Um, I would have loved to have seen him show up at the uh, Nintendo Direct video with, you know, like blow and hookers, but <laughs> you can't get everything you want. Um, hey man, Nintendo. Nintendo used at least it used to be like you know a family family friendly company. 
you know, they had the uh, the limitations on what they'd allow. You know, they had to cut the blood out of Mortal Kombat. It's, you know, you. These were all terrible ideas, by the way. Yeah. Don't expect too much, is what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to let Itagaki get out there. And I, I'm sorry, you don't Itagaki. Let, you don't tell Itagaki what to do. He tells you. You don't let Itagaki do anything. Yeah, Itagaki just does. You don't tell man, him to be where. He tells you where to be. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm sure. That, I'm sure they're giving him a lot of leeway, but uh, he wants that. I'm. I'm sure he wants that game published. I'm still waiting for him to cut off uh, Hideki Kamiya's head and say there can be only one. <laughs> one, I don't know who that is, and two, uh, Hideki Kamiya is the guy who uh, created Bayonetta. He worked on Devil May Cry and stuff, and he goes on Twitter and trolls everybody. But Itagaki was doing that ten years ago. So I'm really kind of pissed that uh, Hideki Kamiya is the guy that's known for that now, even though uh, Itagaki was the progenitor of the asshole uh, game designer. Like, nobody, <laughs> literally nobody was doing it before. The progenitor of the asshole game go, designer. Go back and uh, wow. try and find some, uh, some copies of that uh, Xbox uh, gaming magazine that uh, Ziff Davis put out, you know, the publisher for Electronic Gaming Monthly. I forget what it was. It was like Xbox Monthly or something. But they had an Ask Itagaki column every month. and uh, I do remember that. It had such questions as, uh, are Hitomi and Leifang lesbians? And his response was, can't you tell by looking at them? Uh, <laughs> uh, somebody said, what's the greatest martial art? His response was, who cares? I'll show you how to drink. Uh, <laughs> I mean... This guy is the best. This guy. Uh, I love that he doesn't have to give a, a, an answer. He just has to come up with a pithy one-liner. Yeah, uh, he's he's tremendous. He's the best. Um, but before we move off of Nintendo, Dylan, do you want to talk a little bit about Mario Kart 8 since we played that until 3 in the morning last night? Uh, it's... I, I have to say this about every Mario Kart it's not Double Dash, and it's not Super Mario Kart, so there's an empty place inside me when I play it. Um, wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, no, but you, know, you know what I mean. Like, it's, it can't... They don't do Double Dash. Yeah, screw it. I'll keep playing. Um, I, I kind of find it hard to talk about it just because I never played Mario Kart 7, so I don't know what's new. I know um, I know the gliding was in Mario Kart 7. I'm not sure that they had like the underwater driving. I think that's new yeah. in 8. And I know they didn't have the anti-gravity driving. I know that's new. Yeah, they do uh, some really crazy things with the track designs. I don't know if they had customization in Mario Kart 7, but I know they at least didn't have it to this extent because uh, yeah. I haven't played any of the handheld Mario Karts except for maybe the one on the Game Boy Advance. Um I can't tell how much, like, there's a lot of customization, and it seems to be, at least when we were playing, very aggressive. So I kind of feel like they're, this is, like, for the hardcore players, not, like, for kids, necessarily. Well, I I don't know, because I have some design, like, some of the design choices, I think, were made for the kids. Like what? Um, well... One thing that Dylan, you and I talked about quite a bit is I feel this is the Mario Kart that 
makes you stay within the lines the most. Like you, you can't color outside the lines in this game. And what I mean yeah. by that is in older Mario Karts, um, you could get away with things um, like a great example is in the N64 version of Mario Kart. A lot of people probably know about this that played that game on Rainbow Road. At the start of the race, if you go to the left when you're on the big hill, uh, if you jump off the left side, uh, if you do it correctly, you can actually land on a lower part of the track mm. and skip a huge portion of the course that way. It's a it's an unintended shortcut. Um, now, they have the Nintendo 64 Ra- Rainbow Road track uh, in Mario Kart 8. Mm. You can jump off the side... But as soon as you do, uh, that motherfucker Lakitu just drags you back in before you even get anywhere off of there. Really? And, yeah. And the thing is, there are other tracks. I think even the the Mario Kart 8 version of Rainbow Road has a place where I looked at it and I said, hey, I bet I can drive off the side here and, and skip a big part of the track. And as soon as you do, you get pulled right back on it. You know, yeah. It is not like other Mario Kart games in that as soon as you try and do take a shortcut that the game mm. intentionally did not design, you are getting punished for it. I th- uh, think there is a reason for that, though. Like, I think, one, it, it is a game balance issue. Like, the, the one on Rainbow Road, like, no one would... Why would you do anything else? But also, I think because, you know, they add in the glider, they add in the anti-gravity, you do have a lot of choices about which path to take. That was really why I was upset about it, because... With the with the glider and you know the underwater and anti gravity paths, I really wanted them to just let you go nuts with it. Mm. Um, you know, to me, and and everybody's different. Everybody's experience is different. But to me, Mario Kart is about make you know, kind of doing things that the game doesn't want you to, and taking those chances. And you've got a mushroom in your inventory. You see, hey, I think I might be able to just jump that if I just turbo across it. And then, you know, you either live or die by, you know, your confidence and, and how you manage to pull that off. Um, I think taking that away just makes the game feel a little... Le- it, it takes away some of the depth in the game for me. But I, getting back to the original statement, I feel that is sort of a for-the-kids kind of thing. Because you don't want, you know, older players that have played a lot of Mario Karts that kind of see, you know... Where where you can see the wheels turning in their minds, like, oh yeah, I might be able to 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 you know game the system a little bit here, you know, you don't want you don't want that happening. Uh, well, I, I like I said, I think there are enough choices to make that you have to like you do have to make a, a lot of decisions, and it's not always obvious what the ba- best path is. Um, I I don't know. Again, like I think it. It feels like they're doing some more hardcore things there because if you can't game the system, then you really have to to get good. Well, I think part of my other problem is that the game is overly punitive. Uh, yeah. Because it brings back the coin system from the very first Mario Kart game on the Super Nintendo where you collect coins and that increases your top speed and you can have up to 10 coins. Well, in other games, if you, in that game, you know, if you got bumped or something, you might lose a coin. Um, in this game, if you fall off the road, um, if you get hit by an item, you lose three coins, which is effectively a third of your top speed. Hmm. Um, and 
anybody who's played Mario Kart, let me ask you a question. How many times have you gotten hit by something and then either the computer comes along and knocks you off the track or you get hit by something else immediately afterwards? Yeah. And that happens all of the time. You end up losing, uh, you know, 60% of your top speed there. And, you know, while there are plenty of coins and they replenish at regular intervals, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get those. And when you're in first place and the game Mario Kart's you, and everybody knows knows what I mean by that at this point. Yeah. Um, and you're six cars behind all of a sudden, and you're down to you know four coins, and you have you don't have the speed capacity to catch up with the pack again. That's that's ridiculous because the the game's gonna screw you anyway. That's just Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't like having the coin system. I don't like losing that many coins all at once. Mm. And, um, I, I don't know. It just feels overly punitive. And even the AI feels different now because before, if I, if I was, you know, further back, I knew I'd get better weapons In this game. That's not necessarily the case. And if you're further back, you still might just get screwed by the computer for no good reason. It's, oh, really? It, yeah. It is definitely hit or miss when you're in the back. However, having played through 50cc, like I think when you started playing with me, I was already up to 100cc. 50cc was like extremely easy, except like the last couple of cups. And it also, um, like if you're, I can definitely tell when I was in the front of the pack in 50cc that I was just not getting a lot of like the good attack items. Mm. Um, so it, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. Like I said, we like, you probably started off at a a much different place than if you had, you know, if you'd started playing 50 CC and been like, okay, I'm kind of tired of this. I want something more. The thing about the coins though, I don't, I, I do think they're too punitive. I do kind of like what they're trying to do where, um, in some like coin coin placement seems to have a couple different effects depending on what they want you to do. Sometimes they want you to take a the a curve a certain way. Sometimes they're actually trying to teach you like how to take the curve more effectively. There's a couple levels like um, I think it was Sherbert Land or whatever that I was I was playing uh like before we uh got on here that. It does that. And I think there are some cases where, you know, you have to, the game is trying to force you to choose between taking the coins and taking the most effective path. So I, I, I think say it's that, there uh, to vary. It. I will say that um, that's another example of it sort of being a don't you dare color outside the lines uh, Mario Kart. And also, there are so many times where I go for the coins and the game's like, no, you will not have those coins. I am going to fire a weapon at you because you went yeah. for those coins. So mm. even though it, you know, ostensibly they are there to teach you and and you know encourage you to you know take chances and and drive a certain way, um, it still punishes you for attempting it. So I don't know how effectively it teaches you anything. It, there was one other thing I noticed too is when you when you get hit, you lose coins. They they actually fall out. And they like they usually fall out such that you can only get like one or two of them. Yeah. Um, mm. But it definitely seems to reward people for using weapons. I was like, about to say it definitely rewards the attacker way more than it the does. Defender. Like if you can 
or, or not, not necessarily even the attacker. Like if you can take out a bunch of people at once, like with a lightning bolt, then the person who's coming through behind can just rack up. So mm. I, I, I'm not saying they're a good choice, but you know, I'm not, I don't hate them either. Like I, I've won races where I haven't been at, you know, like 10 coins. I've also lost races because I was just stuck at like one or two coins and, and just couldn't, um, couldn't get past it. I, I despise it because I think it, it makes, you know, getting, you know, just absolutely screwed by the computer that much worse. Um, it, it makes winning races against the computer feel way more random. It does. I, the, the places I've gotten screwed by the computer, though, usually, like, what grates on me is not the loss of coins. It's usually like, oh, you were, you know, you were, like, a second ahead, you know, in the last straightaway of the last lap, and you got hit with, you know, a red shell, and two people pass you. Like, there, there seems to be far more of that in my experience, which is, again, it seems like way more aggressive. I, I have seen two blue, two consecutive blue shells. I've seen a blue shell and a red shell all by the computer. Hmm. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, it's a fun game. Play it. Um, but these are these are legitimate gripes. So but but I don't mean to take away from the game. It is actually really fun. Um. Let's get the hell away from that, from Nintendo now. Um, Sony, eh? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I'm a little, I'm just a little disappointed that, you know, there were rumors that The Last Guardian had been canceled. They came out and said, no, it's still in development. I was really hoping that they would just show something from The Last Guardian just to be like, yeah, it's still here. And just kind of put that to bed. <laughs> And instead, it you know it was an, it was a no show, and we haven't heard anything new on it other than it's still apparently a thing. Hmm. Um, this was a game that they announced last year, but um, they showed the new trailer for it, No Man's Sky. Um, I really like the look of this game because um, it's it's kind of like Star Fox. You know, you've got your spaceship, and you can go from like planet to planet and explore. Um, supposedly, what they're telling it as is that. You know, it's an infinitely expanding universe. And I guess what they mean by that is that, you know, it just keeps randomly generating planets for you to explore. Oh. Um, I'm really curious to see how that works out. Because if it works out the way that they're telling it, that's going to be quite a you know, technological achievement in terms of just, you know, making a diverse and interesting mm-hmm. uh, universe to explore. But it looks really good. Um, let's see. What else did they have? Um, they kind of reinforced their indie push, um, little big planet three, which I'm not really all that interested in, um, entwined, which was one of those games where it's like, Hey, here's a trailer for it. Oh, you can go ahead and buy it. Um, it's very artsy. It looks interesting, but I don't have a PS4. So, um, destiny, they, they had the alpha for that, um, announced, uh, I know people have been playing it, um, I think Doc's been playing it. Jonathan's been playing it. I want to say Basil's been playing it. Um, but they all suck because they all have PS4s and I don't. Um, <laughs> that's the reason they suck. Yeah, that's 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 the only reason. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Metal Gear Solid Five trailer. I mean, yeah, I still want to play that game, but you know, we've known about it for a while now. PlayStation Now, uh, it's apparently coming as an open beta on PS4 at the end of July. Um, it's been in closed beta for a little bit. I think Basil said he had gotten into it while we were at Hamicon, so I'd be interested to talk to him about you know his thoughts on PlayStation Now. Though, based on everything I've heard so far, it still seems more like a thing that really benefits the Vita more than it does PS3 or PS4. Mm. Because you know, playing PS3 games on the PS4 or you know on a PS3, I mean that's nice. It's nice that you can you know digitally rent it, but it's not quite as cool as doing it on Vita, I guess, just because of the the handheld element. You know what's funny, and and this this kind of goes back to the Wii U, but like you know, I've been playing my 3DS I, for a while. I was like, man, I don't trust handhelds because I don't think I'll play them much. I think a lot of that problem was me. Um, buying the wrong games for uh, when I had a DS, like mm. buying a lot of action games. So I think if you can play them in both places, that's actually really good because you can play you know your RPGs and your turn-based stuff on your Vita and your action stuff. Um, but the funny thing about the the Wii U is, I used to be like the tablet seems stupid. Now like I don't even bother turning on the TV. So yeah, like handheld gaming at your house is more likely than I would have thought. <laughs> I just I just want to see how many screens I can use. Like I want to have a tablet, a computer monitor, my TV. I want to have like a Wii U tablet. I want to have a Vita. I want to be playing like one one with each hand. I, I just want to see how much ridiculous shit I can have going on all at once. You, I want to be like you want to be. The illustration from a dystopian science fiction novel, uh, dystopian future science fiction novel. So, 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 Dylan, real talk for just a moment. Uh, how much gaming have you done on the toilet? None. I'm pretty sure that's what it was in. What the? Uh, yeah. The uh, the handheld gaming at home is designed it's, specifically it's, it's for. It's designed for you to use on the toilet or while you're in bed, so you don't have to get out of bed. Now that that I I have actually used it because it's like it's actually a problem because you know where a lot of times I'd sit down and read something now I can play a game. Fuck reading. <laughs> oh man, reading's great. Um so Yay books. Yay books. Read the book, read the book, read the motherfucking book. Um I don't know, Sony Uncharted 4 Grand Theft Auto 5 is apparently coming to PS4 and Xbox One the fall. I don't know. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Um, Ubisoft, another thing that I generally don't care about. Uh, Valiant Hearts looked interesting. It was a World War One game about, you know, it had, it had the cel-shaded art style that looked neat. Um, had a medic dog and a super depressing trailer. Um, <laughs> they had uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Um Far Cry 4, like the the story trailer looked kind of it like it was it was entertaining. Like I, I watched them like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to see more of that. But after I was gone, I'm like, yeah, it's Far Cry. I don't really care about first person shooters all that much. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's just me. Um, another Just Dance game. I think Jess was talking about playing that at, at E3. And, you know, I love Jess, but I wanted to be like, seriously, you know, that's that's like going to, uh, you know, some world-renowned steakhouse and ordering a salad. <laughs> I mean, you can get getting a steak with 
ketchup or something. It's like you can you can order that shit literally anywhere. Uh, you know why? Why are you playing? Why are you playing Just Dance at E3? You should, you should go play some. I I don't even understand dance games these days. What don't have flashing arrows and all these days? Oh wow. Um, when did you get old, Dylan? They, I've always been old. It, seriously, Truth. like Dylan has legit always been an old man. Um, <laughs> at least in terms of mentality. Yes. Um. My body's catching up with my mind. Yes. And my mind is going. Uh, circle of life. Oh. Sunrise, sunset. They they did announce that they're going to have like a Just Dance app that's supposed to do all this, you know, latency-free multi-device cr- uh, stuff. But just like uh, Ubisoft saying, we go big and then go bigger when they went from Far Cry 4 to Just Dance. Uh, this may also be a fucking lie. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they had new footage from the division and the crew. Um, they had a game called Shape Up, which is basically you play uh, DDR against yourself or another person um, and versus mode push-ups, which are things that nobody ever wanted. Wait, uh, versus mode push-ups? Yeah, like, this- like, the tr- like the presentation, they had two guys doing push-ups in a competition you know, with the game. And I'm like, that just seems... Like I, I want no part of this. That How does it track off. that? It's, or is this like a it's, connect? It's a connect. Does it matter feel. because you're not going to play it? I just I can't do the answer is is no. It's a connect like PlayStation camera. And I'm sure they'll you know, if they do a Wii version, they'll figure something we're, out with that. We're not gonna <laughs> play it. Nobody that listens to us is ever going to play it. We're Nobody's all, gonna we're play all fat it. bastards. I was gonna say, like push ups. Next to pull-ups were the things that I remember in gym class mocking me. <laughs> um, oh. But the, the one thing I did want to bring up uh, from Ubisoft was Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, there's been some controversies surrounding the game because... Uh, some comments. Well, yeah. People were upset because there's not a playable female assassin for the four-player uh, campaign mode. And then some dumbass from Ubisoft came out, came out and said something stupid like, uh, you know, it's it it requires more work and yada 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 and some bull, some bullshit. They've yeah. had they've had female characters in Assassin's exactly. Creed in the past, uh, so and it's Ubisoft, so it's not like they're afraid to reuse assets. Um, True. So I, I, yeah, I think that's... I think the real talk legit answer, if you were to you know mind meld with one of the developers, is probably. You know what? We legit never even thought about it for one second, which is a which is a horrible thing to say. And it's not I'm not trying to excuse them. And I'm always in favor of, uh, you know, more female characters in games and more racially diverse characters in games and things like that. But, you know, it's. It's not as though it's uh, some sort of uh, misogynistic conspiracy to keep women out of video games. It, it's nothing of the sort. They just legit didn't think about it. I, like, even for a second. They never even considered the possibility. I suspect they thought of it, but I suspect it's one of those things that got like weeded out when they were hashing out ideas really, really early in the process. And so, like, it's out with a lot of other insane, crazy, you know, like, I... No, not I, that I it was know. a crazy I'm, idea. But. I'm skeptical that they even brought it up. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm far more likely to believe the it never even crossed their minds theory. And I, and again, I'm not I'm not saying that to excuse the action. I'm saying if you want a real talk reason, 
I mean, it's it's the same reason. It, you know, game development is still a male-dominated industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, tech in general, software, I mean, all that stuff is is by far male-dominated. And I don't want to try and unpack all of the uh, all the human rights issues and problems that our society has. But, you know, if you think about something like anime, which also has diversity problems, you know, Japan is a very homogenized society. You know, it's almost all, you know, Japanese. There's very few people of mixed races, mixed descent, uh, other nationalities that live there. And especially in the anime industry, it's it's almost unheard of as far as I'm aware. So that sort of thing never crosses their mind. Japan does not have the same sort of uh, sensibilities about racial sensitive sensitivity that we do here in America, where it's m- far more diverse mm-hmm. and the same kind of thing applies to some degree in the game development industry. It's largely male dominated. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily out of malice, but you know, there's not enough, uh, gender diversity for somebody to, to be in a position of power to say something like, Hey guys, you know, it might be important for us to, you know, expand, you know, our roster and, and have a female character in here. And that's that's just part of the problem. I don't I don't know how we solve it. Um, like I I support the people that make the outcry in that that's the way that um, you're going to affect change. But what I don't support is. You know, just being like stupid Ubisoft, blah, 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 blah. Like you should do it in a constructive way. You should talk to them directly and you should do it in in a way that will facilitate change and not make them resent you uh, in the process of doing it. I agree. I think part of the problem was the way they phrased it was extremely poor. The way they answered that question. Here's the thing, though. I'm going to because, you know, I'm sure Dylan's read in the past as well the theory fact whatever that uh or i have read it at times that when a person makes a sort of basically when a person does not have a legitimate like rational reason for something their brain will sort of construct something that makes absolutely no sense because they don't know why so they're trying to fill in rational gaps and that sort of feels like one because the answer quite literally makes no sense to anyone. It it is a re- because of the reasons you've already said. They've had they've done female characters, so it's not like uh, it's, it's not a- like it's something completely alien to them. Yes. Uh, so I yeah I think I think that was one of I really do think that was, that was one of those that person just had no actual reason knew no actual reason. So they're they just tried to fill in the gap with something that sounded completely batshit ridiculous. Honestly, well, I I think they would have been better served by saying, you know, we're we're sorry that they're not in this game. We hear you. We're going to do better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and and just cop to the fact it's like you know what we we screwed up. We'll do better. But the problem was who they were talking to. If I recall correctly, had no, you know, I mean, it's not a marketing person. It's not the person that has the presence of mind to give that kind of answer. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it, it, it definitely sounds like they did two things. One was the answer they gave 
may have been completely, there's a possibility that is completely legit. They did not budget the time and effort involved for that. I don't know, because I've heard but, arguments of well, how much more effort does it take to animate exactly, a female character, but, unless, but, unless your argument is, well, they're going to have but, flowing dresses, flowing hair, and jiggling boobs. Yeah, I was, I, about to say, I was about to say that the, the worst thing he said, which I'm surprised not many people seem to pick up on, was he said, you have to redesign costumes, and you have to uh, redo animations. And I heard that, and I thought... Oh, so basically you have to like uh they have to go through the process of over sexualization and yeah. that's that's a very why couldn't uh, they just say that hour intensive process? Yeah, over sexualization is very bad now. And I don't think that's why anyone wants. I think they just want yeah. a female character in yeah. one of the hoods that they can run around with and you know shank exactly. people in the neck. Well, no, but there they, are plenty of female gamers, the, so they're gonna want those characters. Hey, yeah, I but, want one of those characters for me. True. The other thing I think they're doing, one, they phrased it in such a way, like I said, they talked about costumes and they talked about animations. The problem was their soundbite was bad, but it could easily be like reduced down to something that was even worse. Yes. Yeah. But regardless, my, to get back to my point, like I think, again, you know, if you're, if you're developing a software project, you probably have early on, you probably have a ton of different features you're prioritizing them. You know, you're figuring out what goes in, what goes out, what um, what gets pushed out, and you make those decisions. You make those decisions as to you know what is the cost in time versus you know like the you know the need for this. And my guess is, in that sense, yeah, like they thought. Oh, it's, you know, there what there's not enough, you know, it takes too much effort to do this because they're making that decision about a lot of different features, but without explaining that backstory, it comes out as, oh, you know, we made this decision in a vacuum. Again, not defending it, I'm just saying like they phrased it the way a marketing person would understand it. Oh yeah, you know, like and go, "Oh yes, I understand." You know, the, but for consumers, did not work. Um, but just to, to actually move the discussion to the actual game, um, most of the time, like 99% of the time, I'm actually really happy that the four of us have very diverse tastes when it comes to generally everything because we can talk about a broad swath of topics. But watching Assassin's Creed Unity gameplay and like the four player campaign missions where, you know, people are running around different parts of the building and, you know, doing coordinated assassinations of characters and stuff. It really made me wish that the, uh, that the rest of you guys actually played Assassin's Creed so we could do that shit. Yeah. I, it's the type of game that I think I would like the setting of, but I think the stealth and stuff would kill it for me. Like the stealth's not that bad. It's really not. Um, I generally enjoy the games. Here's one I need to check out at some point, but I've got so... And again, this this kind of went into my decision to make a, to buy the Wii U over some of the other... Like, I don't need a ton of games. In fact, a ton of games on a console is, like, terrible. I've already got, like, huge amounts of games for 360 and Wii and PC that I haven't played, so... Assassin's Creed is definitely in that pile. Like, I downloaded the... Uh, AC2 when it was free on Games for Gold, but stealth is just not up there. <laughs> right. 
Um, EA had a press conference. It mostly sucked. They did something interesting. Um, they showed a lot of behind-the-scenes footage for games that were too early in development to have like a proper gameplay teaser or anything like that. Um, they showed you know behind the scenes for Star Wars Battlefront, um, behind the scenes for the next Mass Effect, as well as Bioware's next new IP, which doesn't even have a name yet. I thought it was cool that they even went with some of you know the unnamed IPs um, to show it. But the the counterbalance to that was um, the presentation that they had. It really felt like they didn't have anything to show at E3. Like Man, they, they, had, the, they had the sports games. They had, you know, uh, 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 an, a MOBA. They had um, Battlefield Hardline, which was another one of those, hey, you can uh, download the, the demo now uh, kind of things. But And, uh, like, I, I saw the Battlefront demo. I love Battlefront. I I love the original Star Wars trilogy and it was both of those and it was so, so good looking. And I don't know if the actual game will, will get that reaction from me, but the, uh, the, the uh, trailer that they showed definitely did. Yeah. Uh, they also showed a new trailer for Dragon Age three. Um, people have been saying, uh, let it be more like the first Dragon Age instead of the second one, because the second one sucks. And I just want to tell all you people, the first game sucks too. The, the first two <laughs> games just suck for different reasons. The first game was was a broken red mess. The second game, you know, you just went to the same locations over and over. Um, so, so if they can kind of not have it be a broken mess and not all be red and, you know, have a lot of interesting <laughs> things going on, then yeah, it'll be great. But I can't tell yet. Um, so that's my rant on Dragon Age um, the last of the major uh, press conferences to talk about would be Microsoft's um, they spent five minutes just kind of talking and, and doing the hype thing before they opened with Call of Duty and surprise as they're soon, making a Call of Duty well they've already announced it as soon as they started showing a new trailer for it I started to think to myself I'm like Microsoft might be in some serious shit if they don't have anything else to open the show with besides a Call of Duty game that's already been announced. True. Um, it it looked interesting, um, but you know, of course, I'm not going to play it. Um, <laughs> they uh, they teased some Forza Five DLC that was available that day and free. <laughs> um. Forza Horizon 2, uh, whatever. Um, they showed a trailer for Evolve, which is the new game from the guys who worked on Left 4 Dead. Um, hmm. This one's being published by 2K Games. It's apparently class-based, and not unlike Left 4 Dead, it's you know four, uh, a team of four players against a human-controlled monster. Really? Yes. That has me interested. Yeah. Um, they showed Sunset Overdrive which the highlight of that trailer is Yuri Lowenthal is apparently the main character so shout outs to him it looks cool. like uh, Tony Hawk uh, combined with Ratchet playing so I'm not I'm not sure I, the jury's still out on that um, that 
the other like big hey here's some dlc that you can go get right now for free uh came for dead rising 3 and i love this trailer so much like i i'm not going to play dead rising 3 because i don't own an xbox one and i don't have a computer that would be powerful enough to run it so unless it comes out on a ps4 whenever i eventually get one of those uh, i'm probably never going to play that game but the dlc was called super ultra dead rising 3 arcade remix hyper edition ex plus alpha <laughs> and that trailer was everything i ever wanted the trailer to be um it's basically it's like a four-player version of uh dead rising you know which is just mindless zombie killing um the the main protagonists all have uh, capcom outfits that they can wear of characters from all the different series and the trailer is just ridiculous um Let's see. They had Dance Central. I think my note there says Kill Me. <laughs> um, Fable Legends, which really is just like a Fable version of Gauntlet. Um, one of the cool things about that game is that somebody can play the villain, which means they can choose where enemies spawn and set traps and stuff like that. Ooh. Um, they showed another trailer for Project Spark, which is you know like this toolbox where you can make your own games. Uh, apparently, Conquer is going to be in that, which nobody even cares about Conquer anymore. So I guess that's fine. Um, they showed a a game called Ori and the Blind Forest, which which looks really interesting. Um, I'm kind of upset that's an Xbox One exclusive. <laughs> it looks really cool. Um, kind of reminds me. Um, a little bit of limbo, a little bit of you know, like eco in a way. I guess it 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 just looks really interesting. Hmm. Um, they teased more of Halo Five, uh, and they're doing a Master Chief collection for Xbox One, which has uh the first four Halo games, including a remake of Halo Two. Um, the thing that um, wait, that- a remake of Halo Two. Yeah, like a like an HD remake because they haven't okay. done an HD re-release of it. Um, one of the things that I ended up kind of laughing at because um, you know Halo One, Two, Three, and Four all came out before the Xbox One, so they're all running on older hardware. Um, but if you guys pay attention to multi-platform games, at least early on in the uh, si- the life cycle of this console generation. Uh, one of the recurring themes is that games tend to run uh, at higher frame rates and higher resolutions on PlayStation 4 than they do on Xbox One. Um, so the first thing that they announce is that all four of the uh, Halo games on the Master Chief Collection are going to run at 1080p and 60 frames per second. And my first thought was, of course they are, because they're all running on older fucking hardware. If you can't get that to run at 1080p and 60 frames per second on Xbox on uh, Xbox One, I don't know what can run at 60 frames per second in 1080p. Um, I mentioned Limbo a minute ago. Uh, The developer behind that has a new game called Inside. I'm not sure what the hell kind of game it is because the trailer did nothing to really illuminate that for me. Um, They uh, made some comments about uh, having more indie games. Dylan, do you want to comment on that at all? I don't know. Well, it's cool. Again, like, as it comes down to what you mean by indie games. Like I'm interested in the concept of like being able to do hobbyist development. But again, I have tons and tons of games in my backlog already. So that's not really a reason to get an Xbox one for me. 
for a certain type of gamer that is cool and it is cool to see them supporting that and not not only supporting that but giving um you know like major billing within um within their press conference for it um they're rebooting phantom dust um you guys stop me if you've ever heard of that game. It was an old Xbox One game. Um, and, and by Xbox One, I mean the original Xbox, not Xbox One. Um, <laughs> but it's coming to Xbox One, even though it was on Xbox One. Uh, this, gets, this is a who's on first kind of, uh, kind of conversation, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Damn you, Microsoft. There's, there's a new Tomb Raider game, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I don't know, man. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fine. A ringing endorsement. Yeah. Um, no one's really surprised that there was another Tomb Raider. I, I, I mentioned uh, the Bayonetta developer, Hideki Kamiya. He has a, uh original IP that's going to be a, a, a Xbox One exclusive uh, called Scalebound. Uh, my notes say uh, it looks like a high fantasy version of Devil May Cry. Including, you know, like sort of the the smarmy protagonist. Um, really, the the big thing from the Microsoft uh, press conference, Charlie, you're gonna love this. Uh, they're redoing Crackdown. Wait, redoing? Yeah, because the second game sucked so hard, they're just rebooting the entire franchise. Interesting. Yeah. So this one, this one is just called Crackdown, not Crackdown Three. I mean, they may change that later, but. Yeah, that's not going to be confusing. It, what are you playing, Crackdown? Which Crackdown? Crackdown? On Xbox One. Oh, the first uh, Xbox? No, Xbox One. Um, this is going to get bad. Wait, wait, wait. They're, they're, just, they're just taking a uh, page from Nintendo's naming book. Crackdown for Xbox 360. Crackdown for Xbox One. You. I'm still uh, waiting for them to give uh, the new Smash Brothers game exactly. a proper title instead of just Super Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U. Yeah, that is really ridiculous. Yeah, it's but game, the uh, game's coming out in a few months, guys. You should really get on that. But I do, I do enjoy. I, I, I didn't. I, I enjoyed me some Crackdown. That is, the 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 story is absolute crap. Um, and the end of the game is really absolute crap. Uh, but the actual just, there's so, it's so fun. It really is. It's yeah. The actual, like not even playing through the game, just the, I'm going to go around. I can jump over buildings. I can throw cars. I am going to fuck shit up. I have a a rocket launcher and fuck all of you guys. Yes. That's what the game should be called. I have a rocket launcher and fuck all you guys. That's. Why don't they just get to the to the real to the real meat of it there? Why don't why don't we just cut to the chase? Crackdown. No, bullshit. No story necessary. I've got a rocket launcher. Fuck all you guys. Just uh, oh that that would be a game. So does I, they, does anyone else have anything they want to say about E3? It was nah, thing that happened and it we sure was. invited to. <laughs> You know, Jess went. Jess and Stucky went. They should have taken one of us. And by one of us, I mean me. <laughs> and by taken, we mean, like, folded you into one of their carry-ons. What, whatever it takes. Oh. Um, there was one note I forgot to pass along. I had this on here. Um, 
bef- sometime after, I think it was after Mo- Momocon and before Hamicon, they announced too the cover athlete was uh, going to be on this year's Madden. And as you guys are aware, uh, there's a long running curse about uh, the athlete that's on the cover of Madden. Something bad always happens to them, like they have a crappy year or they get injured or something. I'm happy to announce that this year's recipient of that honor is Richard Sherman of the Seattle Seahawks. Couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. So uh, here's hoping for some double busted ACLs, asshole. Um, well, I mean, watch your like, ligaments. Could be Peyton Manning or something. I, you know, yeah, that would that would also work. But uh, anyway, shot in front ball. Um, <laughs> so that's that's all the E3 shit we got. And we've been going at this for a while. Um, let's do some <laughs> recommendations. He's got recommendations. I got recommendations. All right, Dylan, what you got? Um, uh, a manga called Nananba by Shigeru Mizuki. Uh, I think I mentioned this on our Hamacon uh, podcast because uh, Basil talked about Basil's talked about this in his manga you should buy right now. But he talked about one of uh, Mizuki's other works called Kitaro. Kitaro. Um. It's also like I've also read uh, Onwards Towards Our Noble Deaths, which is semi autobiographical about his experience in World War II. This is uh, not about is actually a semi autobiographical story about this, uh, partly about him growing up, but partly about this uh, grandmotherly figure who had helped raise him and helped teach him like some of the Japanese legends of the yokai. Um, so it's, it's kind of part fairy tale and part coming of age story. Um, it, you know, because he, he eventually encounters real live yokai. Um, they kind of talk about him having the sense for such things. Um, but, they're not like it's it's not like a um like a spirited away or something where like that's all there is they're usually kind of a detail lurking in the background behind you know like him dealing with friendships and loss and things like that um i mean there's there's a whole subplot about like his father uh losing his job and and trying to make ends meet um, and, and the group of friends that, uh, he kind of like plays war with in, in town. Um, the interesting thing is like there, there is a subtext or not a subtext, a, um, uh, there's like an essay at the end of it talking about how uh, I think he traveled to, um, he was like Britain or something and like talking about, you know, searching for other legends and stuff like this. So when you read this, like you kind of know that he actually believes these things exist. So it's kind of weird if you're kind of skeptical about those things to go like, okay, how much is he deliberately embellishing? And, you know, um, but again, it's really interesting if you like that sort of, like I said, coming of age and, and fairy tale story. Very cool. Chad, you still with us? Yep. All right. Thank God. Uh, you said you had something you wanted to, to do for uh, recommendations. Yeah. I recommend um, if you 
have a a book you haven't that you liked a long time ago or a game or a TV show that you really liked a long time ago and haven't watched lately? Oh no. I recommend Oh no. Don't do it. Right. <laughs> is that what you're going to say? You recommend not doing it? No, I was going to recommend take a moment to be nostalgic and enjoy it again. You know what? God bless you, Chad. That's that's surprisingly positive. I have to say I come out looking like an asshole in this exchange. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was just good like, on you. Let's be honest, Dylan actually comes out the worst because he he was like initial he was the first one. No, don't do it. What? No, no. I don't know what Dylan thought was about to happen. Well, here's Man. the thing. I was I was just anticipating the move. Like I thought Chad was gonna zig and then he zoomed. And I had no idea that was one of the options. Yes. So, so good for you. And uh, I did. Did you have a show in particular that you went back to? Uh, no, it was a couple of games. I've been looking through some of the old stuff from the '90s that because we've been doing our semi-regular, you know, uh, semi-regular gaming sessions, and it's been uh, kind of fun looking through some of the possibilities. Not that I can ever talk people into playing those, but. It's been fun looking back through them. RPGs, yes. Miniatures games, possibly, but that's more spotty. Um, eh. At least for me. Um, I've, I've had my heart broken. I, I don't know that I want to get back. <laughs> Table um, slipping rampage. Yeah. Um, Charlie, what you got for us? I'm sure it's some something that's deep and insightful. Nope. I didn't uh, think so. Okay, what you got? I am going to recommend uh, German Donuts. They are pretty spectacular. Where do you procure German donuts? Fuck if I know. Um, in my case, uh, the last, uh, well, the couple weeks that we've not been at conventions uh, over the last month or so, um, on on Sundays I've been at the, uh, the Chattanooga Farmer's Market, and there's actually, for whatever reason, a... German bakery in Marietta, Georgia, that comes up to the the uh, the farmers market, and one of the things they've been selling that I hadn't seen them sell before are um, Berliners that have like this strawberry jam in them, and they are so damn good. They're they're expensive as hell, but they're so damn good. Like. Eating a donut usually makes me sick, especially if it's in the morning, oddly enough. Like, if that's the first thing I eat, it is going to turn my stomach. It is, it is a guaranteed. And if I eat more than one or two at any time of day, I, I will feel sick at some point. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know how they do theirs differently. But it is, it is so much, like, lighter and it, it just does not sit heavy. It is it, – it, oh, man, it's so good. So so yeah, get get you some of that. All right. Um, my recommendation for this week, um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to buy comic books all of the time because you're um, a boss, right? And it was the '90s, and that's what you did. Um, Damn straight. And manga was really really hard to find. I went I wanted to buy Gunsmith Cats back in the day, and never could find it. Um, thank God for for Dark Horse re-releasing that. Um, but Archie Comics used, uh, still does the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog comics that I used to read when I was younger. 
because um, they were kind of based off of the good Saturday morning cartoon, not the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, um, the one that was on ABC for like two seasons. Mm. Um, the first season was really good. The second season was shit. But anyway, uh, more recently, they started doing a Mega Man comic, which it may surprise you to, to learn that I've generally ignored it. Um, but they finally they finally drug me in in the only way that they possibly could have. Uh, they're doing a Mega Man X uh, story arc. Oh. Yeah, where, you know, I through some bullshit and MacGuffin or another, uh, you know, the, the two timelines are going to converge. So uh, I picked up uh, issue number 37 of the Mega Man comic, uh, the Dawn of X number one is what they're calling it. Um, you know, it's it's still too early. They really haven't gotten to, like, the, the meat and potatoes of the story yet, but it looks promising. So I, I say go check that out if you can. You can buy it digitally, which may be easier. It took me several different trips to various bookstores before I found uh, this particular issue. Um, so, you know, do, do whichever you feel like, but uh, I say check it out. Does anybody have anything else this week, or can we go ahead and wrap this wrap this one up? Um, we're gonna be going to Station Con. Yeah. Damn it! It is yep. impossible not to do that. Uh, Dylan and Charlie will be there. I will not be able to attend. Um, I have other obligations. Among them, if I can swing it, and this isn't certain, I'm gonna try and make it out to Midwest Championships. And they really need to stop having uh, Station Con and Midwest Championships on the same weekend. And of well, course, Hamicon and Station Con are on the same weekend next uh, weekend. So, if Midwest Championships is that weekend, I'm also you know really screwed. Cause triply gonna, screwed. Yeah, like I'm just gonna have to make a decision. And it's probably gonna well, be Hamicon. I'd say with with Hamicon moving a little bit, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see you know Station Con maybe move a little bit. So God only knows, really, next year what the lineup what the calendar is going to look like. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a complete toss up. It, it could be that you'll actually be in a position to make all three. Probably which will, not. Which will be awesome and also hellish, but you know, yeah. whatever. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's too early to say maybe we'll get lucky. Yeah. But I'm going to try and go to that and, you know, while well, I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, but you guys have fun at station con. Um, I assume we'll be back next week to talk about that and other things. So, uh, guys, thank you for your time. Like I said, check out uh, our interview. Check out our Hamicon uh, recap. Check out all the other interviews that we posted over the last couple of weeks. There's a shit ton if you haven't been around lately. so Check out our packages. That's right. They are boss. Mm-hmm. But guys, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.